坐喺沙发度，好唔舒服，不如上床啦。好，上床好啊。咁我瞓边度啊？咪瞓我张床咯。咁你呢？咁就瞓你隔篱啦。你用呢啲方法保护人，我好中意啊！我而家要瞓觉啦，唔好需要我啊！啲女人怪起上嚟，一个犀利过一个。啊 What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Retro Movie Podcast, a podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to put a fake baby in a stroller and then make a car hit it to get sympathy from them. Alex Perkins, Perkins tonight. I'm well, thanks.、Uh, no, I I use real babies. Oh wow, where do you get them from?、Uh, the baby store. Oh, okay, I've never been, but I've heard I heard good things. Yeah, yeah, it's they they have great deals if you buy in bulk. <laughs> love it, love it.、Uh, welcome back to the show, everyone.、Uh, this is the podcast where every perk and I review a movie that is connected to the last one we watched. If you like our show, we post on Friday mornings on podcast services.、Uh, be sure to tell your friends about it,、uh, and all of you can watch a movie with us every single week. Last week,、uh, we watched the movie Hero, as we're on our uh, Chinese uh, film string、uh, with Maddie Chung, and we followed her to this week's film, Police Story.、Uh, perk, want you to report? Yeah, right. So,、uh, police story is a 1985 uh, Jackie Chan joint, starring、mm-hmm. Jackie Chan as well. I didn't realize、uh, he directed this. I was like, yeah, oh shit. Okay. Yeah.、Um, it is about a police officer who gets embroiled with the criminal underworld in Hong Kong,、um, <clears throat> and he's a master of kung fu. Because、mm-hmm. he's Jackie Chan, so of course. He yeah, is. yeah. <laughs> no、um, explanation needed. It's、yep. Jackie Chan. You know he's got the stuff. <laughs> And there's a there's a lot of fun facts、uh, about this movie.、Uh, first of all, something I noticed was、uh, the bad guys were not the real losers in this movie. <laughs> the real losers were、uh, panes of glass. Yeah, I think yeah, every pane of glass、man. in Hong Kong broke in this movie. <laughs> um, but so much glass was used that the crew began calling the movie "Glass Story." <laughs>、um, there's a whole bunch of fun facts about how everyone just got horribly injured.、Uh, makes sense because、mm-hmm. they, they did all the stunts and they they actually used double thick、uh, sugar glass, which is the breakaway glass. It,、yep. it was twice as thick to look more realistic,、uh, which made it hurt more. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> the、uh, climactic shot of Jackie Chan sliding down the the light strands、mm-hmm. was practical. It was done in one shot. He got horribly burned and electrocuted on his way down. Yeah, it's、uh, it's a legendary, a yeah, legendary it, stunt. Everyone's seen that, even if you haven't seen this movie.、Mm-hmm. Uh, he.、Uh, <laughs> He also、uh, injured his seventh and eighth vertebrae and dislocated his pelvis on that scene. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and at one point, he had to be taken to the hospital because he stopped breathing. Yeah, they show that like in the in the credits, like they show people get taken out on stretchers and stuff.、Yeah. Like people got fucked up in this movie, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then、uh, just another little fun fact: the movie's called Police Story, which is a very on-the-nose title. Uh, because 
Jackie Chan was so big that anytime he announced a project, everyone would rip him off. So like when he made The Legend of the Drunken Master, everyone started making drunken kung fu movies. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. he named this one Police Story and didn't really give anything away with the title. (laughs) Uh, And no one at the time had made a kung fu police officer movie. Mm -hmm. It's a great, great tactic. Love it. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parker, I'll do you first. What did you think of Police Story? It's freaking awesome. (laughs) Uh, All the set pieces are so creative and so cool. And like the choreography is so great. Like it's just the creativity around some of these setups. Yeah. The first, the first set piece where they have cars that are literally like tearing through a shanty town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just so effective because you know that those cars were really tearing through that shanty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely insane. Super creative stunt. It, I feel like there's just so much creativity and everything. I'm just a few examples. Uh, when he's hanging on to the bus with an umbrella handle, you yeah. know, and uh, <laughs> the scene where he's juggling four different phone receivers and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just, there's so much creativity uh, towards the end at, during the fight scene at the mall. There's a part where he's spinning around on clothing racks. Like they have mm-hmm, designed mm-hmm. clothing rack fight choreography. Every touch in this movie feels like so much thought was put in, and it definitely shows. Yeah. I mean, Jackie Chan is such a unique brand of action, right, where he is known for using his environment, you know? Like, I I wrote down in the opening part, I'm like, when Jackie Chan grabs an umbrella, you know something cool is about to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, the action in this movie is, like, some of the best, if not the best, I've ever seen. And it's so good that I think it should be illegal because of how much people are getting fucked up yeah, doing it. Like, it looks uh, like it's incredibly painful because it is. <laughs> it is. So, like, yeah, the stunts and the action is just incredible. Like, top class, like, cannot be matched. I will say, as a movie, I feel like I have some pacing issues uh, with oh, it. Oh, agreed. Very much like, agreed. It takes way too long for him to get, like, framed. Um, and I think... Unfortunately, like May just has nothing to do uh, in this movie. But, Not really. Uh, Bridget Lynn's character, uh, Selena Fong, is like great. Like she was the best part of the movie for me. She was awesome, and uh, like everything she was doing like made sense, and I really like appreciated like the logic of her character. The twist of the way she framed the recording, yeah. was so clever, and I didn't awesome. see coming. I maybe I missed when she like turned on the recorder. But I, I I don't know if they they showed it, but I think maybe showed her picking it up. Yeah, like, I did. She did find it. Yeah, because I knew uh, when it, they were in court, I'm like she taped over it, but I didn't know with what. And the fact that it was that that scene that, or that so, she was faking, so clever, and the way everything lines up to be obviously suggestive. Well, and I, I love that, like Kakui Jagjan's character. The reason he fails because of his own like hubris. Right, like he gets cocky and he like tries to fuck with her by having his friend come over. Like it's his fault things go bad, um, like in the middle of the movie. But he never really like has a change of character. Like he's kind of a little little stinker in this movie. He, yeah, <laughs> Remember, he doesn't like, really have an arc. He doesn't really have an arc, and then he gets to, like so mad at the end and like kind of is like, a completely different person. Um, and like just flips the switch and like freaks out at the end. So like his character is my least favorite part of the movie actually, but everything around it is great. I think the supporting cast is great, and then except for May, which she used to have a lot to do. Um, and then there's the action, right? It's, like, yeah. insane. It's, like, it's a really fun movie. I really enjoyed it. I just wish that it was a little bit more 
of a movie besides just like an action set piece but for yeah, that like it's amazing it, no it really it just is like you're right because if you break it down the acting is fine the mm-hmm. direction is standard uh the set design is awesome and the action set yeah. pieces are awesome and all that but the story lags in the middle uh, especially a lot of the time that Kakui spends with Selena, those those scenes really drag. Mm-hmm. Uh, that <laughs> the plot is not very confusing. Uh, it is very telegraphed. What's happening? It's fairly obvious who's gonna be the bad guy, who's gonna be the mole. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you, you kind of just I, just I don't know. I just put on my blinders for that and just yeah. watch these hilarious action scenes. Yeah, no, and, and Jackie, I mean, that like, like I said, what he's known for, it's what he's great at, is choreographing these in- incredibly creative action scenes where he has his team of stuntmen that he uses for every movie, uh, these Hong Kong guys. They're just the best. Like, they're the best in the world. Um, there's actually an episode of Corridor uh, Crew, uh, Stuntmen React, where they brought on his, like, number two guy, Jackie Chan's, like, number two guy, and they talk about scenes in this movie, and they break down, like, the opening scene with the cars going down and, you know, the infamous <laughs> him getting burned on the, the lights and it's just like really, really cool to watch. Um, one other thing that was kind of a, a, a frustrating for me was like the entire movie is eighty yard, and I could tell that as well. And I don't really get that. Is it just? The, I just wonder if they didn't have good mics set up. Yeah, or, mic availability. I mean, I understand for like the action scenes, it makes sense if you couldn't get mics in certain places. But like just for like the scenes with like just him and Miss Fong like in his apartment, that all that was eighty yard too. And like Jackie's like. I don't want to talk too much shit, and it's I don't speak the language, but like some of these aligned deliveries were just bad. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, just monotone, just kind of saying slash shouting the lines, and I'm just like, this is not holding this movie together. But thankfully, I'm just waiting for the next action scene, you know, to happen. Which, Grant, like you said, sometimes it takes a minute, but um, yeah, for that, like it's it's the best. It's the best in the world at, at this kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have all that much to say about it. It's just yeah. cool action and everything else is fairly mid, but the action's good enough to elevate it for me. Yeah, I wrote down a couple of just moments that I really enjoyed, like the parallel park scene yeah. <laughs> is incredible. It was a good laugh. <laughs> he's running down and slides. And I love how the guy's like, nice parking job though. Uh, you know, hey, and you then... stole my spot. I'll, or he's like, I'll beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> nice parking job though. <laughs> And then I also love when Jackie's breaking into the villa at the end to save uh, Miss Fong. And he's just, like, the most agile person on the planet. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. like, no one is better at using and controlling their body than Jackie Chan. Like, he just, like, casually parkours over the, the gate, you know, and, like, climbs up with, like, no issues. Like, I, it's amazing just watching him move. It's, it's incredible. It really is. Like, it's, you know, if you're not paying attention to it, it kind of just looks fluid. But stuff like... Where he almost looks like he pommel horses over a fence or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just so difficult. It looks so cool. And yeah, you got to be in such good shape to do any of that. Man is a yeah. master. It's nuts. And then like some other action stuff. Like even though the scene where he has his buddy come and try to scare her is kind of goofy. I did. I was laughing a lot when she was just, just conking this dude in the head repeatedly with like different objects. <laughs> Try and Jackie Chan's trying to dance around, make it look like he's actually he's not still up. out. Yeah, that was great. Um, also, that guy's laugh was getting me. I was, <laughs> I was laughing. Well, actually, for a second, because you know they show who it is. I'm like, oh, is he dirty? Like, is he 
like he does he work for the guy and then you like realize like oh no jackie like set it up to like scare her and then we get the actual guys who which the baby moment i think was so funny then the guy she hits he hits this one like jesus christ and then he gets the baby and it's a doll he's like ah oh. and then they all come out of the woodwork yeah. and, and start yeah. fighting uh another like i don't know if maggie chung did the stunt for this scene but when he's trying to have may not leave and she's on the motorbike and then yeah like, he like pulls her off and then she like tries to grab it, it and it's like going everywhere like jesus christ man like that looks dangerous as hell i uh i despite her not having a character i did think that all of their interactions were pretty funny they were yeah and also like she looks so different than she does in hero i mean oh yeah she'll be she's way younger but i was like almost didn't recognize her no Um, no i agreed i i wasn't actually sure um it unless until i checked but yeah yeah it's yeah much much earlier but then and the last thing is I, i really appreciate bridget lynn doing some of her own stunts like, she gets flipped over onto that table. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was her that gets, like, pushed into that, like, display case. I'm like, holy shit, this is brutal, man. Like, I know, like, well, it's stunts, but, like, they're not, it feels like they're not being that safe. Like, people are getting hurt really easily, and it's like, she could have got, like, seriously injured on this movie. Definitely. So, I mean, props for, for doing it, but I'm also like, Jackie, you gotta be a little safer with this stuff, man. Because, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a, a, I think at the end of all those movies, in the credits, he shows, like, the outtakes of the stunts, and... Some of it is just, like, insane, dude. Insane. But, yeah, like I said, I don't have too much more to say. Just, if you're going to watch this movie, you're watching it for the stunts, and it's it's the best of, of all time. So, like, you're going to have a good time just with that. And I know there are a lot of sequels, which... Yeah, uh, I think Michelle Yeoh is actually in Police Story 3. Yeah, so, there's Police Story 2, and the Police Story 3 is called Super Cop. And then there's Super Cop 2, I think. Okay. Michelle, <laughs> uh, Michelle Yeoh's in Super Cop. And that one has an infamous stunt. Two of his stunts by her where one is she rides a motorcycle onto a moving train. That she actually did that stunt. Jesus. Which is crazy. And then the other stunt was she falls. She's supposed to fall off of a moving truck. And Jackie's supposed to catch her with the hood of the car he's driving. And the first take she they like missed and he barely grabs her before she would fall she would have landed on her head and died and oh my god that you that outtake is in the credits where he like catches her and then she falls off and like ends up being okay but um yeah if you look at the history of these movies man like yeah so crazy there was another tidbit about the the scene in the bus chase uh where at the end the bus driver slams on the brakes and all the bad guys fly out mm -hmm. the front window they were supposed to land on the car, uh, but the the bus brake had a pump action, so it kind of pulled it back. So they landed mm-hmm. on the street instead. It's just oh my! And that I, I mean, I, dude, when that happened, they like were this close to landing on their heads. Like it yeah. was like the back of their neck. It was like holy shit! Like it, it I mean it looked cool, and it was a cool thing to happen. And it's crazy that it wasn't planned. Uh, I mean, yes, it was planned, but it wasn't planned. They would fall into the street, but. Yeah, I watched that. I was like, holy fuck, man. Like, you guys are crazy. But, I mean, the guys are pros and they know how to control their body. So, yeah, man. I'm, I'm so, like, I'm so torn because I want to see stunts like these, but I'm also like, you got to be safe. Cause, yeah. But also, you it, you don't get stuff like this with certain safety precautions. So, like, no, no. And people are moving away from it altogether and just animating everything. And Right, right. It's a lost so a, art, but maybe for, for good reason. <laughs> 
yeah I, I can't imagine a lot of movies are being made like this anymore i mean maybe they still are in hong kong i don't know but um i know like the regulations back back then were, were not <laughs> pretty much non-existent so but yeah that is police story uh do you have any recommendations based on this movie perk no i like okay i want to say samurai cop okay <laughs> <laughs> um, for which, by the way, everybody is on YouTube with Portuguese subtitles. Just deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's a great drinking game movie. It's terrible. It's like a homemade knockoff of Lethal Weapon. But I, I was just reminded because it's just got weird kung fu and every goon is ADR'd and it just kind of had. Obviously, this is a much bigger production, yeah, uh, and an actual movie, and that's more of just like some guy's passion project on a, on a handheld, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of got the same vibe out of it. I can see it. I can see it. Um, I would just recommend like just any other Jackie Chan movie. And there are a lot from around this time period that I haven't seen. Um, but just some of my favorite Jackie Chan movies are rush hour. I think is super fun. And then uh, Shanghai noon. I'm a big fan of I haven't seen it in a long time, but do you know this one perk with him and Owen Wilson? I have not seen it. It's, you know, great time. Jackie Chen comes to America. He has to save a, a princess, Chinese princess that was kidnapped. Teams up with Owen Wilson, who's an outlaw cowboy. And uh, it's just, it's a good time, you know. Uh, so I like that one quite a bit. But you really can't go wrong with, with a Jackie Chan film. All right. That is our review of Police Story. We're now going to do bonus reviews. And then after that, we're going to do Oscar predictions. It is time. Perk has watched all the movies. And he's ready it. to, to give it. the accurate predicts of what's actually going to happen i survived um, but before that let's do some quick bonus reviews perk why don't you uh give me your first one or your, yeah, your all right. one, i guess so uh my flight was delayed so i had like th- six extra hours at the airport so i managed to watch another movie uh and i <laughs> i finished the oscar movies i was looking to watch so i got to watch a movie that i wanted to watch can you imagine <laughs> that um and i don't know why it must it just flipped through my mind or I saw it somewhere, but I, I watched Little Miss Sunshine again. Mm, I don't know if I, I know that one. You haven't seen Little Miss Sunshine, Jacob? I don't think so. I'm looking it up. Steve Carell and Tony Collette. 2006. Ah, no. I've, I've never... I think I've maybe heard of this movie, but I've never, never seen it. Alright, I'm cashing in on my Moana from last year. <laughs> Malala, not Moana. <laughs> I like Moana. Moana's a good movie. <laughs> All right. No, yeah, I'm cashing in. I'm, uh, All right. I'm gonna make He's you cashing watch. it. It's on HBO. It's easy to watch. Okay. Um, I love this movie. I love it so, so much. It's one of my like favorites ever. It is a like family road trip movie. It mm. borrows so much from like National Lampoon's Vacation, mm. but it is in every way an improvement over that movie. Uh, it has fantastic acting. It has an insane cast, just top to bottom, like a perfect cast, amazing casting, great performances, a great story, really wholesome moments, really funny moments. It's It's got some dark comedy in there. Uh, it's Steve Carell in a more dramatic role than I had seen him in yet at that point. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And just <laughs> top to bottom, this movie rocks. So I, I think you'll like it. Okay. Um, especially I think you'll you'll enjoy 
Alan Arkin's character, uh, the grandpa, who he won Best Supporting Actor for it. So mm. it, this, this movie did get some attention. It's it's not unknown or anything, but it's just like, oh, I love this movie. I'm glad I took the time to revisit it. Oh, yeah. I will all go to watch. And yeah, Alan Arkin's yeah. always, always creepy. Yeah, I know you're right. This is quite a stat casket. Greg Kinnear in there as well. Paul Dino. Yeah. Get, right, I'll, get I'll Moana'd. <laughs> uh, Perk, I also watched a movie this week. Oh, did you? I went to the old movie theater and I watched Creed 3. Oh, all right. So, as you know, Perk, I'm a big fan of the Creed movies. Very excited yes. for this one. Uh, and the one thing I was most interested in is that Michael B. Jordan has been saying... He's his first directorial debut, and he's been saying the fights are very anime inspired. I'm like, all right, what's that actually gonna look like? You know, and there are three fights in this movie, and I think the first two are like perfect, like they're really really awesome. And I see what he was going for for the anime stuff, and it's like freaking awesome. Like I really 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 love it. The third fight, the final, the climactic fight, he goes for some stuff. It doesn't always work, um, and I think it doesn't quite land unfortunately on like the hype meter but overall in this movie i'll say i really like the story that they went for i really like the performances i, I mean jonathan major has been popping off lately he absolutely kills in this movie um love the story love the characters i i'm not sure what the correct term is if it's a pacing or just the structure i i feel i rarely say it's perfect i wish this movie was longer i wish this movie was like 20 minutes longer because it felt like a lot of stuff was cut like character moments were cut to kind of help flush them out a little bit more um, so it feels like the final act of this movie, we just kind of rush to it, and then it doesn't really feel, you don't get much of a payoff as you might want. Um, so I wish they had taken a little bit more time with the characters and more having more character interactions to kind of build up this final climactic fight, you know? But that being said, I do like how it ends. Um, and I know they, they've said they wanted to make more Korean movies, which, you know, I'm here for because I love a good boxing movie, but... Um, I'm not sure how I would rank it among other Korean movies, but I had a good time. I think, like I said, those two f- fights are incredible the third one is pretty solid but goes through goes through some things that don't always land and the hype wasn't quite there so um did you see it on an imax screen i did i did okay was it as visually stunning as i would assume it would be yeah no it was it was great and like nice yeah I i think he did a great job for his for his debut i think it was shot well um some of the shots were really really cool and creative like i he definitely tried some things that have never been tried before in a boxing movie, and I appreciate him for that. I think some of them didn't quite work; need a little more polish. Uh, I think another another go around would would do well. So, but yeah, it's like the editor was like, because it's it's two hours, you know, which is a solid length, but it's not like the longest you know box movie ever. And I think if it was two twenty, it would have been a lot better, which I rarely rarely say. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I know what you're saying because you know two hours is not short or anything, but for like the type of blockbusters that have been coming out. It's definitely like the shortest blockbuster. And I wonder if there was pressure like, hey, we got people like short movies more now. We got to try to cut this down, cut this down. But I think it was the detriment of the characters. Um, so, yeah. And one other thing I'll say I really appreciate is that um, have you I can't remember, have you seen any of the Creed movies? Just the first. We watched it on the pod, I think. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know how uh, his girlfriend Bianca is like losing her hearing? Yes. So minor spoilers, but they have a kid. Um, who is uh, also deaf, uh, or, or is fully deaf. And in this movie, there's really, really good um, deaf representation and kind of showing how just life is kind of augmented slightly for people who are, who you know, hearing challenged. 
um, which is really cool to see. And it's not like called out. It's not like pointed at. It's like just there in the movie and the characters are adapted to it because they live with it. And it's just there. So, so I really appreciate that. And it was really cool to see. Um, so, yeah, overall, solid movie. I'd recommend seeing the theater just for the, the spectacle, but not quite as good as I wanted it to be, unfortunately. So. Fair enough. One last thing before we go to Oscar predictions, I want to give a quick shout out to a trailer that dropped today. Oh, we saw this perk. New TMNT movie. Uh, oh, no. No, it's good. It's Seth Rogen. Uh, it's a Seth Rogen uh, joint. and It's, it's not uh, connected to the Michael Bay? TV no, and it's, it's like very Spider-Verse style inspired animation. Oh, it's animated. Animated. Uh, all right, I'm back on board. And the turtles are actually voiced by teenagers. <laughs> so they actually are acting like kids and they're actually being teenage mutant ninja turtles. And it looks really, really fun. The voice cast is absolutely insane. Jackie Chan's <laughs> playing Splinter. Uh, oh, perfect. Paul Rudd's playing a villain. John, John Cena's playing a villain. Uh, Post Malone's playing a villain. Ice Cube's in there. Like the voice cast is absolutely insane. Um, it looks awesome. So watch that trailer. I think it's called TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Um, okay. I think it's going to be a really dope. Uh, Perk, I'm just going to say we're watching next week now in case people don't want to wow. listen to the Oscars stuff. I'm sorry. Wow. I, I, hey, I just think some people don't don't like the Oscars. Let's just tell them now. All right. I'm ending this podcast. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> uh, next week, I'm very excited for this movie. Uh, we're going to be following Bridget Lynn. Uh, from Police Story to Chunking Express, a very highly acclaimed uh, drama uh, out of Japan, it is also on HBO Max, uh, which is nice. So, I think that was another week. one of those movies that Tarantino promoted yep. in America. Yeah, yeah. So I'm super excited for this Chunking Express on HBO Max for next week. But we're not done yet, Perk. It is time to go through the Oscar noms. You put in all the work, you put in the time, and now it's it. going to pay off. Uh, yeah, for all our viewer or listener at home. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's. I'm going on the Oscar website. We're just going to start at the top here. First category: okay. actor in a leading role. We have Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nighy for Living. What do you got? All right, so it's. It's close where it's at right now. Uh, the the heavy favor going in um, was Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Butler has been cleaning up though uh, in the circuit on the way here for Elvis. Uh, I think probably Brendan Fraser will win. Okay. Um, who I think should win is Paul Mescal. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm on record saying I think After Sun was the best picture for me, um, and I, I'm rooting for. Paul Mescal as well. All right. We'll, we'll see what happens. I obviously haven't seen most of these movies, but I, I also think it'll be freezer, but it's just one of those, like it, it's his time. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the Oscars is very political in that way where it's like, we just decided that it's Brendan Fraser's turn. Yeah. You know, and it's the story everyone wants to root for. I mean, would you be would you be mad if Fraser won or if Elvis no, or if Austin Butler won for Elvis? I I think Austin Butler is absolutely the highlight of that movie too. I I don't think it's undeserved for him either. Um, I think actually, uh, everyone in this category is is deserving in mm-hmm. in one way or another. I think Colin Farrell is fantastic and maybe mm-hmm. is a little slept on. And I thought 
uh, living was super sweet, and I thought Bill Nye knocked it out of the park. So the, all these all these actors are deserving. Um, I don't think it's the strongest category, as we'll see uh, in in a moment. But yeah, um, every everyone deserving. I think Brendan Fraser will par- probably pick it up. I, I don't think that's uh, wrong at all. Yeah, and sorry, one quick tangent on this because I'm just curious. Sure, Fraser and and Butler have the most transformative roles, right? Of the most of who they are in real life uh of this list yes i like physically yes absolutely and do um, those types of roles typically have they won in the past like i'm thinking of like oh definitely I'm, I'm thinking like vice and like stuff like that well i mean i what's the i'm i'm blanking the british prime minister oh yeah, yeah times gary oldman gary oldman uh, Churchill. Churchill yeah, for the whatever that movie was. Yeah. Yep. Um, definitely people like transformative stuff. So yeah. um, and I'm, I'm sure the the whale will be in the running for makeup and everything. So. Oh, def- they, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Next category. Actress in leading role. We have Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna Darmas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, so I think this is the strongest category. Mm. Uh, I think who will win, it is, it's a very nearly dead heat between Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Who do I think should win? For me, it's very close between Andrea Riseborough and Ana de Armas. Oh, so, really? Yeah. yeah I, so you just watched Blonde. I just watched Blonde this week, so I'll do a little, little mini aside, talk about Blonde. Uh, it's it's weird. It's a weird movie. Uh, it has a lot of stylized direction. It it broaches some tough subjects. I think the X rating is perhaps unfair. I don't know if there's anything in there necessarily that would make it more than R rated. Um, other than you know people being sensitive on certain subjects, I think maybe R with a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I, Although the rating system is stupid anyway. You have to be 18 to go see an R-rated movie unless you go with a parent. Yep. You only have to be 17 to go see an NC-17 movie if it or even <laughs> in theaters because it's a Netflix movie. Yeah. But um, I think you have to go into it knowing that it's fictional. It's, it's a fictionalized picture of the potential inner thoughts of Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It is pretty much a horror movie, actually. It's it's about the mm. the horrors of of exploitation um, and the the horror of a life of a star. So if if people were worried about it being just like exploitative of Ana de Armas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not especially. But the exploitation is the point. That that is the point of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. A little too long, um, but the per- the central performance is absolutely outstanding. Uh, mm. The surrounding performances are also great. Um, I thought there were a lot of very interesting uh, editing and directing choices. Um, it, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's not a movie I was motivated to watch, and it deals with a lot of heavy subject matter. But for the performance alone... It's elite. It's top tier. Um, okay. Okay. Yep. 
And then, so yeah, in the in this category, I think the only actress who doesn't belong necessarily is I think Michelle Michelle Williams was really good, but it's not her best, uh, and it doesn't stack up against the other four. Um, I haven't seen The Woman King or Till, but I imagine one of those two actresses probably should have gotten in here over Michelle mm. Williams. Mm. Uh, it's hard to say though. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Michelle Yeoh because I'm a human being and every human being should be <laughs> rooting for Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Moving on to actress in a supporting role. Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon for Banshees of Inishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Ever All at Once. And Stephanie, I believe it's Sue for Everything Ever All at Once as well. So <laughs> this is another uh, very tight category. And I think um, all outstanding performances, the way it's looking like, it's kind of a, a dead heat between Angela Bassett and Jamie Lee Curtis. Hmm. Um, I Another one of the movies I watched this week to catch up was uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. I mm. uh, so it's it's a long movie, but for the first time in thirty years, this is a movie that did not feel that long. Mm. Um, and mm. I thought the the eulogic moments were really nice. Um, I thought the story was decent. There's far too much fluff. We got to get rid of Martin Freeman. Uh, he needs to be nowhere near the, uh, just, it's just a waste of time. Um, I'm also, I I've had it with the trope of, we just stumble upon some random teenager who is a genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and we, we can't have normal kids guys. They all just have to be a thousand IQ. <laughs> I, and, okay. And I will ve- say the only defense is, uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel is actually a normal teenager, but that okay. was the- that, that is, that, I, that's fair. And, you you did mention that as well, um, but I mean, like I said, Cassie and Ant Man three is also like another super genius. Like, yeah, but yeah, I, I think there's too much fluff here. Even though it doesn't feel too long, I think uh, Riri Williams is almost irrelevant to the story, other than we needed to introduce her for down the road. Yep, I totally uh, agree. The American CIA. Why are we still doing that? It's that's also set up. It's also set up for the future. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and I thought I actually thought the standout is Letitia Wright. Yeah, um, she was great. It, it was kind of weird though, uh, because I thought she was fantastic until spoilers for an old movie. Until she becomes the Black Panther, I think her performance dives off a cliff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really understand why. It just it gets hammy after that. But up until that point, and in the final scenes are are back again, and she's yeah. killing it. But the the dark turn scenes I just I didn't buy it at all. Um, yeah, I, I, the scene between her and Michael e. Jordan is awesome, but besides that, I agree. When she's like trying to kind of rally the troops, I was like, eh, I don't know if I buy this. Uh, but. <laughs> and I, I saw someone um, summarize this movie as they went in missing T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman and came out also missing Killmonger. And yeah, I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Namor is fine as, you know, water Hermes. Um, but eh, I, I don't know. Just kind of run-of-the-mill villain. It doesn't even come close to holding a candle to Killmonger. I, I thought mm-hmm. the Killmonger cameo was super fun to see. 
Yeah. Um, so circling back around to this award category, I don't see it for Angela Bassett. Really? Interesting. Okay. So she's good. Don't get me wrong, but not any better than any of the other uh, matriarchal characters in in these movies. She's not even mm. better than she was in the first movie necessarily. Honestly, I think mm. she doesn't really have all that much to do other than shout in a couple scenes. And I then, disagree a little bit. I think she's more interesting in, in this movie, but I, I but I, I do agree that I think I'm not sure if Lupita Nyong'o well Lupita Nyong'o would have been supporting, but um, Leticia Wright if she would have been supporting or or lead probably um, lead. Okay, yeah, it, yeah. If, if Leticia Wright was supporting, I think I probably would have given it to her over Angela Bassett. But I think Angela Bassett was really really good. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, she, she's good, but I just I was not blown away like i was expected to be um and i at last i checked it was a it was a runaway in the odds and it seems like they've tightened up a little bit i i still i, I don't have a problem with her winning she's a fantastic mm-hmm. actress um obviously and i there's no problem with that recognition uh who who do i think should win out of this category it's funny because once again i'm gonna go with Neither of the two who are up top. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Carrie Condon and Banshees and Stephanie Sue. I, I, Jamie Lee is getting all the hype, but Stephanie Sue is uh, iconic in this movie. I agree. I agree. She, I mean, I love Jamie, but I think of those two, it's it's Stephanie. She's sure. arguably the best performance in that movie. Yeah. Um, and I, I think she's getting a little overlooked just because of the Jamie Lee Curtis. It's another one of those narrative moments where everyone wants to see Jamie Lee win and yeah how could you not she's amazing her love yeah. for cinema is great and her passion for the industry and she's just a great person easy to root for um although i will be rooting for hong chow who i thought was <laughs> amazing in the whale mm-hmm. I, I this is another really strong category and i think yeah. a lot of people i i hope a lot of people are going to be um brought into the knowledge of Hong Chao because she's a terrific actress and I'm really looking forward to what she does next. Yeah, she was great in, in Driveways that we watched on the podcast. Uh, Definitely. So, yeah. Well, I also am really excited. I completely skipped over the other supporting <laughs> category by scrolling, so let's do that. Actor in a supporting role. Brendan Gleeson in Banshees. Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans. Barry Keegan in Banshees. And Kikai Kwan and everything ever all at once. This one should be pretty much a slam dunk for Kikai Kwan. I um, hope so. I I'm I, I I'm definitely rooting for him. I think he he's the best performance in this category. I I don't think this is necessarily an outstanding category. I if anything, I hope people went and saw Causeway because Brian Tyree Henry is really fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Um. And both of the supports from Banshees are great. Uh, I'm rooting for Barry Keoghan because he's awesome. <laughs> he's a great actor and he's he's great in his role. Uh, adds some some levity and some weight uh, precisely where it's needed. Um, and Brendan Gleeson's all also fantastic. Like this is just it's another really good category. I think. Uh, um, who am I missing? Who did I leave out there? Uh, Judd Hirsch of the Hillmans. Yes, that, that that one was my problem because it shouldn't have been him. It should have been Paul Dano. Mm, um, mm. 
who it's one of Paul Dano's best roles. You'll see another one of them when you watch Little Miss Sunshine, which I told mm. you you have to. <laughs> um, and Judd Hirsch, ha- he has a great scene, but it's like he has his one scene. He has his yeah. Oscar scene, and he's in the movie for about five minutes. Um, so other than that, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of deserving um, people. And how can you not ro- root for Key? Yes. Yeah. No, I. I've seen the movie three times, and every single time, he's the reason I cry my eyes out for like the last third. Um, he's just incredible. Like the three, the three kind of main characters he plays are all so different, but are all just perfectly um, acted and like yes, perfectly yeah. distinguished as well. You know, there's no obvious overlap. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, he's incredible. And yep. It'll be just such a great moment. That's another story that you want to root for. And yes, it, it, this is what I'm talking about, right? The the narrative seemed to be pointing at everything everywhere, which fine by me, dog. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's do animated feature film. We All have right, so. Up, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Also, so did you watch? The, did you watch The Sea Beast? No, I didn't. It should not be in this category. Like I really? watched it, good time. It's a good time. Okay. It's, a good, it's not not even close to Pinocchio or Marcel. So I, yeah, I've only seen two out of this category, which is a disservice. Uh, I didn't see Puss in Boots because they won't stream it. Mm-hmm. I like put your movie on some streaming service so we can watch <laughs> it. I, I I want to. I really do. I know it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have enough info to tell you my, my three here, my who will win. It's Pinocchio. It shouldn't yeah, really it's be close. Be. It's gotta yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, who will and should win. It's both Pinocchio, uh, who I'm rooting for. Of course, we all know I'm a big Marcel Stan. Um, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. the movie that, uh, emotionally affected me the most this year. So, um, I, I'm very, very happy that it got nominated, uh, because I'm sure, like the Oscars could have pulled some stupid shit, like said we're thrown in Strange World and not Marcel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually I've I've seen four of these movies. I've seen almost every Puss in Boots, and um, I think while Pinocchio actually didn't emotionally affect me that much, just for the the craftsmanship and the artistry and the dedication to yeah. the to the craft, like it just has to. And it's a it's a cool take on the story. It's a unique, yes. cool take that's and great voice acting. You know, it's just. Yeah, just for me personally, it didn't really affect me, but I think overall it's just unmatched. You know, CB, they said, is a fun time. I don't know why it made in this category. And Turning Red is a, is a really, really fun movie. I really enjoyed it. Sure. But I think Pinocchio this year, this is what we would have seen uh, in that it, it seems to be kind of a runaway. I think this is what we would have seen with Isle of Dogs had it not come mm. out the same year as Spider Verse. Yeah, <laughs> because Isle of Dogs is similarly just beautifully crafted, um, and then it just came up against one of the most like genre-defining films of the last decade. I, I mean, look at it. Look at it, even Puss in Boots. You can Puss see Boots. so much of that is is taken from Ninja Turtles. Uh, I just mentioned. Yeah, um, the, the animation changing. style is being is pulled. Like everyone saw Spider Verse and was like, "Wow, we have to do this." Yeah, yeah, which is great. It's it's a fucking awesome style. It so. is great. I agree. Uh, do you want to do cinematography? Uh, I didn't really watch many of them. I mean, okay. it's probably going to be all quiet on the Western Front. Okay. Sure. That's good. Uh, costume design, I think, will be 
Oh man, the whale didn't get. I guess that'd be makeup. That'd be makeup. Oh, okay. I think costume design would probably go to Wakanda Who are Forever. Nominated? Sorry. Who's this one is Babylon, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Ever All at Once, and Miss Harris Goes to Paris. Okay. Uh, I would give it to Everything Everywhere. That's that's a good point. Yeah, that one's... Um, all of Stephanie I, Sue's outfits are just like incredible. Oh, they're so good. Uh, I think Elvis is a good shout here. And honestly, Black Panther is a really good shout here as well. Yeah. This is a, not a strong category. Uh, all right. Directing. Okay. We have the Banshees of Inishirin. Everything ever all at once. Actually, I'll say the director as well. Yeah, probably say the director. <laughs> by Martin McDonough. Everything ever all at once by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schneider. 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 Uh, the Fiddlemans by Steven Spielberg. Tar by Todd Field. And Triangle of Sadness by Ruben Ostland. Okay. Uh, this, for me, it's a two horse race, uh, which is going to be a theme later down the road. Mm-hmm. But it should mm-hmm. be Martin McDonough or it should be the Daniels. Yeah. Um, the Academy might say yay Spielberg, but I, I don't know. I feel like the, the way the tides are turning, it's looking like the Daniels are probably the front runner. Um, I would probably I, lean towards Martin McDonough. I, I don't know. It's They're I, such yeah, hard I, films to compare. <laughs> for me, it's Daniels all the way because of the creativity, because of their low budget. Yeah. You know, like the, the way they got the shots and they'll design everything and like they shot that movie in like less than a month. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It was like 40 days of shooting or something like that. Like I think you just got to give it to him. But yeah, that's uh, not, not out of, uh, out of the question at all. I think definitely deserve it. All right. I'm skipping documentaries. Uh, do I do film editing at all? Nah, whatever. It's going to be right. avatar or top gun or something. And then, okay. International. Okay, so uh, read them off, if you will. <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front from Germany. Argentina 1985 from Argentina. Close from Belgium. EO from Poland. And The Quiet Girl from Ireland. So uh, a few of these are showing around here, so I might might watch them and come back. Uh, I'm still not going to watch Close, because I, I read through the plot today, and now I really don't want to watch Close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not because it's going to be bad. It's because it's going to be absolutely heart-wrenching and destroying. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's great, but yeah. just going to be sad for two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, this category, there's no way anyone's going to win other than All Quiet. Um, mm. I personally am rooting for uh, EO, mm-hmm. which was like a super innovative feeling, creative movie from a lens you've never seen before. Uh one of the most thought-provoking movies about a, a donkey I've ever mm-hmm. seen, uh, and who I think should win this category is uh, not nominated. It's RRR. Yeah, it was the best. I can't believe they didn't get in year. there, man. I think it's just people turning their nose up at like goofy action. Yeah, which is weird. That's unfortunate, man. They nominated goofy action films. Yeah, but they're from America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, did you watch All Quiet then? I did, yeah. So I'll, you think I'll talk more about it in uh, the best picture rankings. Okay, sounds good. Um, I'll touch on makeup. I think I hope the whale gets it. Yeah, I, I think it's. I, I would probably give it to the whale. Yeah, but I, the, a lot of great makeup as well. Uh, do you want to do music? At all? Uh, it just should it just should like song or score? Uh, score. 
Okay, I don't actually know who's nominated for score. For score, we have All Quiet on the Western Front by Volker Bertelman, Babylon by Justin Hurwitz, The Banshees of Inishirin by Carter Burwell, Everything Everywhere All at Once by Sun Lux, and The Fableman's John Williams. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen Babylon, but it's Justin Hurwitz, so it'll probably win. Yeah. But yeah, John uh, Williams, too. Yeah, but the the Fablemans didn't really strike me from a score perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, all Quiet's pretty good. Uh, honestly, I think Everywhere is also pretty good. Yeah, I think you're right as well. Um, I don't really remember much about the score from Banshees. It's been a little too long, but yeah, whatever. I'd, I'd give it to give it to everything. You know, give them yeah. all the Oscars. <laughs> Throw it in that. I book. will say for original song, RRR did get nominated. It's going to win. I, if it I, doesn't yeah, it win, better. I'm going to I'm going to throw things. <laughs> not to not to is the best song in any movie this year. Yeah, easily. 100%. All right, I'm going to skip past best picture was here for last. Okay. So if there's anything else we want to touch on. I'll I'll touch on visual effects cuz that's I, I care about that. Okay. Um <clears throat> So we have All Quiet on the Western Front, uh Avatar the Way of Water, uh The Batman Oh yeah, the Batman. I was like, I'm like, why the Batman movie come out? It was so long ago at this point. Yeah, it was the so Batman, early in the year. Uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever and Top Gun: Maverick. Um, I mean, it's gotta be Avatar, right? It should it's be Avatar. Be. Yep. It, there's, there's no way it's not. No, um, I, it has to be. I think uh, Top Gun is also a great shout here. Yeah, um, Wakanda Forever stuff. is very inconsistent. Yeah, like, that final fight scene is like oof. It's Some so of those shots gummy. Are not great. It's it's yeah. uh, that's that's how I've been describing a lot of the Marvel CG nowadays. It's just it feels gummy the way they move around. Yeah, and Batman, it's like I don't know. The overall look of it is really cool, but I don't know if there's any outstanding like, visual effects. Maybe I'm just blanking because it's been a minute since I saw it. But yeah, I I wouldn't have thought so either. Um, maybe the when the flooding happens, maybe that's good. But I, yeah. I don't know how you can give this to anyone other than yeah Cameron gotta be all right let's do writing really fast and we'll go back to best, okay. best pictures so we have uh do you know the difference between adapted screenplay and original screenplay adapted just means like it's going off of something yeah it's that based on some other material okay so writing adapted screenplay we have all quiet on the western front we have glass onion we have living top gun maverick and women talking uh it should be women talking i it shouldn't be close. Uh, I, yeah, I think it'll. it'll take I think it. it'll probably win. Um, All Quiet is, you know, it's a good screenplay, I guess. I don't know. Top Gun is a, a decent screenplay, but it's blockbustery and a fairly simple plot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, do, do sequels automatically go into adapted screenplay? Is that what the adaptation is? It must be right because yeah. I don't think there was a. Top Gun book was there? No, and or a Glass Onion book. Like I think it's no, supposed no. to be like because they're using existing oh, characters. Right, right. That that would make sense. I think it must be. And Glass Onion's a remake. I'm pretty sure. Glass Onion's um, really fun, and it's got pretty good solid. But I think it, Women Talking has to take it here. Yeah, I, I would. I sure hope it does because that movie deserves recognition. Yeah. All right, and then we have writing uh, original screenplay. We have Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Ever All at Once, Fablemans, Tar. And Triangle of Sadness. So it's, once again, it's one of two. I would go Banshees here. I uh, think Banshees might take this one, yeah. 
we'll we'll see. I think it's probably close. Um, I don't think it's wrong for everything everywhere to win. It's like mm-hmm. it's the most creative superhero movie I've ever seen. So right, yeah, hard to beat. All right, now it is time for the big one. The big Best what? Picture. Let me run right. them down for you. Okay. We have All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. All right. So, uh, I I went through and ranked these. I. I don't often do rankings, but it kind of felt like if I'm putting yeah. in this much time, I might as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll start at the bottom. <laughs> uh, number 10 is Triangle of Sadness. Mm. Uh, just such a weird movie. Uh, so inconsistent because I love, love, love the middle third. Uh, the back half bored me to death. And the front <laughs> half was interesting, but maybe a little long. Um, the middle part for the humor, it's great, but not... It doesn't do enough to carry the movie and make it a good movie for me. It's This is a head-scratcher as to how it even kind of got into contention here. Mm. Other than maybe everyone in the industry is friends with Ruben Ostland, which is possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go uh, next up is 9. I got Avatar down here. I know. Yep. The, I'm going to get burned at the stake. but I, I don't think it's a hot take. Oh, I, I think it's probably not. Um, and I, I don't want to sound pretentious here. I quite liked Avatar. Um, but for me, a lot of best picture, you know, it's not just spectacle. You've got to have, you've got to have the, the meat in there too. Mm -hmm. And I think the story is remarkably simple. I think the, uh, the way that the villains are exactly the same villains from the (laughs) first movie is, it is kind of dull. Um, and the fact that there's like a 45, 50 minute, teen high school drama in the middle there too just really <laughs> took me out of it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but visually stunning I, I I think I would have probably nominated this or Top Gun but it, this is another one where it seems like down the road people are going to be like really that was best picture nominee mm-hmm. um, but whatever if it, if it lets James Cameron keep making them yeah sure which I'll <laughs> never stop nope <laughs> uh, num- number eight yeah, the last one I watched, we got All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. Um, I had not seen any previous adaptations. This is the uh, German language adaptation. Uh, the reason I think it's going to run through the international category is because it's the only international film nominated for Best Picture. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen this movie, but I feel like I had seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me mm-hmm. describe it for you. The horrors of war are horror-y and war-y. Mm-hmm. And yep, it's uh, uh, everything is fairly fairly laid out. Uh, nothing especially unpredictable. Uh, it it has that format which we saw in Fury, which is another World War One movie, mm-hmm. um, where we've got this uh, group of friends who enlist together and they end up getting picked off one by one and it's it doesn't have the uplifting ending that fury does as if fury is an uplifting movie yeah um it pretty much everything is is telegraphed there's a lot of 
scenes literally like the whole scene is just like depicting a horror of war and man i get it i know uh yeah but the trouble is this movie didn't really do anything interesting the direction is like you know 1917 for example they did something Mm -hmm. you know they went for the oneer and make it a one shot Mm -hmm. uh this movie it fairly traditionally directed war movie the score is pretty good uh the acting's very good in fairness um always love seeing daniel daniel brule uh oh i love daniel brule yeah yeah i he must be like the goat in germany him and um, Mads Mikkelsen. oh yeah of course mm-hmm. um and then uh just like the, the cinematography is really good it's definitely too long um mm. The armistice comes like with like over an hour left in the movie and it really drags after that. Um, I, I was never that emotionally involving other than outside of a few scenes. I don't know. It just, it's a, it's a good war movie then, and they always end up getting nominated and it, this one yeah. didn't do anything to set itself apart. That's the trouble for me. Sure. I got you. All right. Where are we at? Uh, number seven, I've got Elvis. Okay. Uh, once again, it's... That seems like a hot take. That seems like a hot... Well... Should should be higher, you think? Well, I don't know. I, I guess I guess you're right. Like, people talk about Elvis, talk about his performance, not necessarily the movie as a whole. That uh, That's kind of it for me. I think that yeah. the, it's a performance vehicle. Um, and every time I think about the movie, I try not to think about Tom Hanks and that horrible accent. <laughs> Dude, I'm uh, telling you, I, 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 this is a hot take. Tom Hanks has fallen off, man. The movies he is picking to do lately are just—I don't understand what the fuck he's doing. I, uh, it is wild. I, I kind of want to watch a man called Otto because I feel like that's at okay, least okay. That one's one, okay. I'm talking yeah. about Pinocchio, and I'm talking about that oh, Apple yeah. TV one he did. I don't even remember yeah, yeah, what it was called. I didn't watch it. Um, but yeah, man. But yeah, the, it's uh it's definitely long. It feels long. Austin Butler is really great. If he wins Best Actor, that's Hundred percent fine. He's he's mm-hmm. more than deserving. Um, yeah, it's just it feels like a pretty. It's it's directed by Baz Luhrmann, so it has the mm-hmm. Baz Luhrmann flair, but it's still a biopic. You know, it just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feels like just a biopic. Sure. Um, and speaking of biopics, <laughs> uh, number six, I've got a fictional biopic, Tar. That's uh, which, a hot take. Yeah, this this I, this one I think. A lot of people will probably have higher. Um, it's it's just a weird one for me. It's fantastically acted. Uh, it's got a set of really great scenes of dialogue and uh, f- fairly interesting story. It just drags a little bit. It's hard to pinpoint. It, it's a beautiful looking movie too and has interesting psychological horror effects. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint what didn't do it for me. Um, but it's just, it lacks in, in intrigue, maybe, I guess. Mm, mm. I don't know. I think if Kate Blanchett wins, it's deserved again. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's similar, similar to Elvis. I think the performance outshines the movie. Sure. Okay. That's understandable. Are we, is we're, the, we're, is the third biopic next? <laughs> uh, the third biopic is next. We got the Fablemans. <laughs> I didn't realize um, how many there was. I now that we're looking at it, it's, it's the Oscars. There's always a billion biopics. Yeah, 
They're just all someone's last name. Um, <laughs> uh, Fableman's I thought was good. Uh, it was, you know, great, great direction because it's Steven Spielberg. I really, really love the scenes of him making movies as a kid, him editing and like hand chopping up reels and uh, the acting's great. Michelle Williams is great. Maybe not quite uh, good enough to get in over other actresses who maybe maybe should have snuck in there. Um, this is, I think, maybe Paul Dano's best role. I don't know. He's kind of great in everything. Yeah. Um, Prisoners, too. I always forget he's in that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, the, the actually, the lead actor who plays young Steven Spielberg is fantastic. Mm. Uh, Seth Rogen is pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's only it's a little tough because it's Seth Rogen and it's really hard to like. So Andrea Riseborough playing Leslie into Leslie, uh, mm-hmm. that's not even an actress. That's just a character. Yeah. Seth Rogen playing Uncle Benny is it's Seth Rogen. It's Seth Rogen. It's yeah. Seth Rogen. Yeah, talking about um, like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon now of like yeah whatever they do I'm like oh you're oh no you're that's ben just Affleck. Ben Affleck yeah yeah. Um, and, uh, I think the story's good. It's maybe a little too long. The, uh, high school bullied segment, it's just boring. Um, and the end has a really fun cameo and, uh, but yeah, I I think it's on, on the verge of great, just a little fat to trim around the edges. Sure. Like most movies these days, it seems like. So it would seem, yes. <laughs> uh, everything's so long. Uh, number four, got Top Gun. Mm. This is, for me, the blockbuster that should have been nominated. I think it's it's really fantastic and only struggles in, in very few areas. The action is all amazing, yeah. uh, especially because of all the practical jets they used and everything. The story is engaging. Uh, the dynamic between Miles Teller and Tom Cruise is fantastic. They have great chemistry mm-hmm. on screen. Uh, their journey together and their growth as, as a relationship is amazing. The Val Kilmer cameo, Incredible. really great. Yeah. Really pulls at the heartstrings. Um, it it never drags. It is a thrill ride front to back. It yeah. High octane and... To, to have such great pacing on a really long movie, it has, I've seen over the year, a lot, very hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My only real gripe with the movie is that I thought that the love interest character is insanely forgettable and feels very contrived as just a way for Tom Cruise to have an inner monologue almost. <laughs> kind of yeah. just feels like she's coaching questions out of him so we don't have to see him talk to himself that's kind of that's kind of what she felt like yeah um but yeah i i don't know i i thought this movie was fantastic i i I think it's good i think we're in a good spot where we can get big blockbusters nominated and indie darlings yeah um because usually it's neither usually it's just the elvises and the fablemans of the world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we don't get anything on the fringes and and both ends feel left out, right? Because you've got me who was like big on the after sun train. And then you've got 90% of America who's like, what the hell? Why isn't Wakanda forever nominated for best picture? Right, right. Not not necessarily that movie, but. I know like, what you mean, yeah. 
yeah, I, so I think they did a better job balancing out getting some blockbusters in. Um, and this one is more than deserving. Yeah, I'm, I'm kicking myself for not seeing Top Gun a second time in theaters. Just for the opening scene. That opening scene oh, is one yes. of the coolest things I've ever seen. Where he's like melting the at Mach 10 or something. Yeah, it's yeah. freaking awesome, dude. <laughs> so cool. Just yeah. what a great way to open the movie. Really pulls you in immediately. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm definitely. Um, all right. Number three. We got the biggest surprise for me. We got women talking. Mm. Um, I've, I really I gushed about this so, so much when I talked about it earlier. But it's just, you know... Like 12 women in a room discussing what happens next. And it's uh, beautifully shot and fantastically acted. I think it's kind of criminal that none of the actresses in this movie got recognized. I think maybe instead of two from Everything Everywhere, we maybe get like Claire Foy in or Rooney Mara. um, Because I think that the acting in this movie is just outstanding. Mm -hmm. Um the story is good. It, it, it <laughs> we were talking about movies that have good pacing and grip. You start to finish. This movie has no action. It's just conversation. But I was never bored. I was never mm-hmm. out of it. I was gripped to to the screen the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I, I think it's such an interesting story, and it's based in reality. And I I really do hope it picks up uh, adapted screenplay. And I'm uh, very interested to see what the director Sarah Polly does next. Mm. I think this this is a, a fantastic movie. Awesome. Okay, that leaves us with two and one. And for me, there was like I could do a top ten list and just have two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, a pretty wide divide for me between uh, two and three. Uh, mm. And I still like as of today, I'm I'm not sure about it. I, where we sit right now, I've got everything everywhere all at once at two, and Banshees at one and i think that it will be reversed uh in the actual reward oh awards Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. everything everywhere is going to pick it up totally happy with that um i think what maybe tips uh banshees ahead for me is because that movie was made for me (laughs) like everything about that movie is like specifically designed to just pick out all the things i love um Mm -hmm. but realistically this is a dead heat. I, it's so hard to pick between the two, especially because they're such different movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've obviously spent this entire last hour talking about how much I love both of them. So yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll say everything at two Banshees at one and in 10 minutes, I might change my mind <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And yeah, you know where I'm at. I'm everything for all, all the way that movie is made for me. So, and I uh, think I it'll, if it one. wins, it'll be a 24s first, best picture oh really i didn't realize that i mean i can't think of another time they would have won it yeah okay but i they usually don't push they don't do oscar pushes like market pushes like this so right right and they really pushed this movie hard that's that's what kind of irks me a little bit about the whole system is the movies that end up getting nominated and the actors and they're they're all the ones doing the whole press circuit i wish we could just we could just judge movies based on their validity Yep. Uh, and how good they are rather than, you know, although I have absolutely loved all the Michelle Yeoh interviews, all the mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis interviews, uh, the Daniels interviews. I just, uh, I very much enjoyed the Martin McDonough talking to Taylor Swift. Um, mm-hmm. just 
So I, I like what the content that comes out of that, but it almost feels as though it's predetermined. Yeah. Um, which I think is part of the reason why everyone was so upset that uh, Danielle Deadweiler and Viola Davis were snubbed because they were so uh, present throughout the whole like media circuit. Yeah. And I, that's a lot of work to put into, you know, yeah. I, it would suck to do all that and then not get the nom. Um, apparently, so Adam Sandler was nominated for a SAG award for Hustle, by the way. For Hustle? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Which I forgot that even counted as a movie that came out this year. I think I watched it last Christmas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or like a, a Christmas before the past Christmas. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was big on the circuit too, and you know, mm-hmm. it must be it must be tough to just do that whole circuit and then get nothing out of it. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I oh wish well. it was just poor, pure billionaire pure actors. <laughs> <laughs> um, last thing I ask you: any any snubs on the best picture list? I, I noticed that I just know that the whale isn't on there. I don't think the whale needed to be on there. I mean, I would put it on there over Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a dozen movies I'd put on there over Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd put Puss in Boots over Triangle of Sadness, and I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, yeah, I imagine After Sun you put on there. Yeah, I think I, After Sun I think would be where I would go. I'm just I'm so glad that Paul Mescal got the attention. Um, I wish that uh, original screenplay they had uh, n- um, nominated Charlotte Wells because it's mm-hmm. it. I talked about it when I saw that movie, but. It is crazy how a story about a single father uh, in his, he's like turning 30 and a 11 year old daughter, mm-hmm. nothing anywhere near related to me in any way. And it, it felt like a memory. It felt like a memory yeah. of my own. It's just, yeah. oh man. Yeah. So after Sun would be the big one that I would slide in there over a triangle of sadness, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, realistically, I think they got a good spread for the Best Picture nominees. So, And everything everywhere is on there, and that's really all you needed to do to win my heart. So, Yeah, yeah. All right, well, there we go. That is our Oscars predictions. We will find out what happens uh, very soon. Sure, I'll be all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll Every, be a little, everything's be a little the Fableman's. next week. It's all the Fableman's. <laughs> that'd be... God, that'd be so annoying. That would be very disappointing, and I liked that movie. So. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a quick postmortem next week and see if there's anything that was really crazy that happened. Um, but yeah, I I'll be curious to know if people agree with us or not. If we think we got hot takes, uh, but they have no way of contacting us at this point in the podcast. So, haha, <laughs> they can't yell at us. <laughs> text me if if you listen to this, you probably have my phone number. Yeah, or mine. Shoot, I can forward it. I can forward it. To yeah. <laughs> Uh, all, all right. right well that is our show for this week thanks so much for listening to this long episode um hope you enjoyed our review our Junking bonus reviews express next week Junking express next week um i'm very excited for that so um yeah it's on hbo max and until then thanks for listening bye bye-bye <laughs>